welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our enjoyment experiences of language learning with you. I'm Penny. Hi, I'm Beck. We both live in Australia, we love learning languages, and we love chatting to each other about it. So today on Language Chats, we are going to be talking about a topic that is very close to Penny's heart, um, and about two things that I think actually a lot of you might also really like, and that is about language and about travel and combining them together. Yes, very close to my heart, Beck, as you know. Mm. Um I bang on about it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so specifically what we're going to be talking about is actually, so when I say language and travel, the combination of those two things as language travel. So traveling to learn languages. And Penny, could you, could you elaborate and give us a bit of, a bit more information about exactly what you see language travel to be and why you're such a huge fan of it? I think for me, language travel probably means taking a trip with the primary purpose to learn the language of the destination where you're going. Um, That's kind of how I define it in my head. There might be some other definitions floating out there, but um, I mean, when you think about different types of kind of niche travel, there's all kinds of things, you know, people travel with the primary purpose to take photographs or to scuba dive or to do archaeological digs or I mean the list kind of is endless there's really travel out there for all kinds of niche interests and language just happens to be one of them Um, and I think for me I'm a huge fan because I've always loved travel and finding a way to combine Two of my main loves, learning languages and traveling, is just, I guess, my dream, my dream experience. And um, and I've been doing it for a little while now. And I think it probably started kind of unintentionally, if that's, if that's a word, <laughs> um, by default. Yeah, just yeah. Um, that when, um, when I was living in Vietnam as an 18 year old um we were traveling within vietnam my family and i and we went up to the northern part of the country and where there's uh minority vietnamese groups um up in the mountains and i had this little phrase book it was back in the 90s so that the things were a little bit you know much more paper-based back then we didn't have apps and things but um i had a hamong phrase book and so I started just trying these things out um, while I was up there and having speaking a little bit of Vietnamese um, already during that trip I was like wow just being in the country and, and being exposed to language of the people that you're meeting is fantastic. Um, it really seems like a, a match made in heaven languages and, and traveling and being to being able to experience a culture and the language while you are while you are traveling around and being on a on a holiday yeah well I think I mean since then I've been a lot more intentional mm. about it that was just a you know probably just a, a fluky thing that that I came across but um, I've really been intentional now about 
where I travel and the language that I'm learning or the language I want to focus and how I can incorporate that into a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has probably been something I've done more recently um, as an adult, you know, um, with family, with, with husband in tow as well. Yep. And where else have you been on language trips, Penny? So I have been to China. Um, I guess, I mean, this is one of the things we could talk about Tubec is there's there's different types different ways of doing language travel and so there's the way that I've done it quite a lot which is kind of an independent trip where I organize everything myself I find the language school I you know work out where I'm staying and and what I'm doing um and that's one way of doing it there's that sounds like quite a lot of work it's a lot of yeah, planning. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's something that I love that I love doing and so for me, you know, it's just been, you know, really fun to do. Um but probably, you know, everyone's probably familiar with the more formal, more structured way of of travelling to learn a language through say an exchange program mm-hmm. or um through school or through uni. Yep. Um so my first experience of learning Chinese in China was actually through a, a program kind of like that where I went to university and, and learned Chinese. Um, but I was already in my 30s by then, so I figured that I'm, you know, it was clearly not an undergrad. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but that, yeah. That was my experience as well. So I did a high school exchange Um and then I also did an exchange when I was at, at uni as well that <clears throat> meant that I could use um, the language that I was learning at the time. Um, but I guess you're right, that is quite different to if you're choosing as an adult to go and do some language travel, um, it must be quite liberating and quite free because you can choose everything about what you what you want to do. I think that's what what appeals to me about it because when I I returned to China a couple of years later and um and I set up my own I guess my own kind of learning program with a teacher and I went to Shanghai that time and I had a really I guess a, a focus that I wanted to achieve during that 10 days that I was there um and I was using Chinese in work in my work at the time and I really wanted to um I guess, you know, improve my vocab and my presentation skills around these particular topics that I needed for work. And so that was great because it was such a, you know, a focused area and I could see a clear improvement in that short time. Um, And I think it's really, really motivating to have that kind of experience, especially if you've got a, a particular goal that you want to achieve or a particular area that you want to improve in. Um, so that was an experience that I had in Chinese um, in Shanghai a few years ago. Um, and one thing that I think is really important when you when you think about, you know, do you want to travel to learn a language is, you know, I guess – you know, a, you know, what language do you want to learn and, and, you know, are you starting out as a complete beginner um, sure. or, 
you have some language under your belt that you want to improve on. Um, so I guess there's lots of things to have a think about before you embark on a language trip. Um, Do you think that it's better to go in as a total beginner or is it better to go with some knowledge already or does it does it even really matter? Can you Can you tailor that experience to be either way? Yeah, I think you're probably right. It probably doesn't really matter. To be honest, I've I've done the trips I've done. I've had language already, um, but I am about to go to New Caledonia to do some French, and I'm feeling a little bit nervous because <laughs> this is probably the first time that I'm heading off to do some French without having, you know semi-decent level I shouldn't say you know definitely not amazing level but you know able to hold a basic conversation kind of level if that makes sense yeah and what's really exciting this time too is that you're going to be taking some people with you yes we are so (laughs) we do we do so through the website lingomama.com um which I run I'm starting to do more language trips for other people that's so exciting. So going to New Caledonia this time to do French in May and then returning to Vietnam in November to do Vietnamese, Fantastic. which is one of my most favourite places and, you know, an amazing language as well. So when, when you do go on these trips, what else do you organise in addition? Because you mentioned um, having some classes and organising those for yourself when you were in when you were in Shanghai um, after having done your your sort of your program there um, what else do you organize in addition to having some some classes some some formal um, I guess language learning um, yeah yeah I think it depends who I'm with I mean when I was in Shanghai I was by myself so mm. I I did some um I did some touristy things I caught up with friends I had some you know, work-related meetings um, and some of which, you know, were using a little bit of Chinese as well. Um, I did a lot of kind of revision as well, which sounds, you know, sounds a bit boring, but it was it was great because I would head out to different, you know, cafes or, or places and, and kind of be out and about, but still spending some time kind of revising what I'd learnt that morning. Um, so you were really getting to put all of your the language learning that you had into practice in, in yeah, totally social yeah, situations and, and work-related situations as well. Yep, for sure. Um, I've also done a Chinese language trip in Taipei, in Taiwan, and my daughter and my husband came on that one. So it was a oh, different cool. experience, um, taking a toddler, and um, but that was really fantastic because, you know, the time out of my kind of formal learning um, was, I guess, showing my daughter, you know, what a different country's like. And, you know, sometimes she got to meet, you know, local kids and and talk to them. Not that toddlers really talk a lot, but um, (laughs) there was a little bit of, you know, you know, her having exposure to the new culture and new language and, um, that was that was really lovely, and I think that's something that spurs me on as well is um, letting my kids have this chance to 
to learn about other cultures and other languages, you know, by, I guess, by osmosis in a way, just because, you know, one day hopefully I can (laughs) pop them in to do some real language classes, but just by absorbing by immersion what's going on yeah Yeah. and seeing that that we value I guess that we value learning and that you know we think it's a a valuable thing to do Mm. and I think uh, like it's interesting yeah this whole idea of kind of learning by by osmosis and being surrounded by language and culture um and immersion which is very much like I think online at the moment a lot of people are talking about um language immersion or, you know, traveling to a country and this, this idea of, of language travel. What do you think you need to do to really get the most out of it, um, to make sure that it isn't just a holiday where you hope to learn by osmosis? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but, that's a dream world, isn't yeah. it? I, I always used to, um, I did, you know, back in the day, I thought, oh, yeah, I could just, you know, spend some time in yeah. France and you know I'll, I'll I'll be fine and to some extent you know you can get by probably better than you you think you can but I think if you're you know you you've got this drive you really want to progress and and, and um, get somewhere with the language you've chosen it really helps to be intentional about mm-hmm. you know why you're going and what you want to achieve and I also think um, for me, doing preparation before the trip is part of what I do now as well. So um, in the lead up to a language trip, my language focus is that language that I'm going to do on, on the trip. Um, and so that allows me to kind of get in the zone of, of where I'm going and, and, and identify, I guess, kind of things that I'm struggling with or things that I want to improve um, or total gaps in my knowledge. Um, And I think likewise, when you return, it's good to have a little plan in place too about how you want to maintain what you've learned while you've been in that country. Because I think in some some circumstances, your, your improvement can be, you know, really huge. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's great to come home and go, okay, well, you know, I progressed so much. How am I going to maintain or keep, keep improving? It's a really good point And it'll be make. different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I think so many people, especially when you come back from a, a holiday or a trip, you can have that real, that real slump <laughs> afterwards where you're kind of like, oh, now it's over. Like, you know when's my next trip that I've got something to look forward to or, or whatever, but it means yep. that it's, it's really, it's really, it feels very final. And unless you do think about how you're going to keep progressing afterwards, then you can really lose momentum after that, can't you? I think so. And I think for me as well, I, I'm a very much, um, you know, travel is a big motivator for me for language learning. So, you know, you might even want to pop in another trip down the track in your calendar just so to keep you've got you, just that to keep, to keep, you, keep you going yeah, yeah. Um, but you know Beck, you're an expert on um, immersion in your target language at home you know home as in you know oh, where you uh, live the I don't know if I'm an expert but 
yeah, you can I do claim enjoy it. it. I do enjoy it. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of um, tips that you've talked about in the past, and, and maybe we need to have an episode on this mm, down the track too. Yeah, um, about you know, so you've had this amazing language travel experience in in the country where you've chosen to go. What can you transfer from that experience to to home, mm. to, to where you live? Um, do you have any examples of what you've done to do that in the past? So when you've had other, when you've had other language trips, um, how have you kept yourself going post-return home? <laughs> I think a lot of it for me is about that people-to-people connection. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that, that I've enjoyed is um, perhaps I've done this um, poster of Vietnam, a Vietnamese um, learning trip is the teacher that I've had while I was over there. I've then um, used for lessons online as well. Oh, that's great. So you kind of you get that continuity and you get to have that, you know, face-to-face <laughs> through the screen connection um so that's that's one way that I think is 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 a really great way to to keep that going um I think something else for me that it's you know it's a small thing but I think it could make a big difference is um the food Mm. as well (laughs) because always food if you can (laughs) if you can um you know have food from the country that you've spent time in when you come home that's like a bit of a trigger to where you were and potentially you're reading menus again or you're talking to if you're going out you're talking to the restaurant staff um and so that's you know a nice simple fun way to be reconnected to where you've where you've spent time that's a really good suggestion um can I ask as well then for your upcoming trip to New Caledonia which is so exciting um what are you planning to do there what's the itinerary well, it's it's four nights and five days, so it's 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 not a long trip. But um, during that time, we're going to have some structured classes th- with with a French teacher. So um, a couple hours in for each morning of the trip, um, we're having French classes, and then the rest of the itinerary is a lot of fun stuff, but with French language and practice kind of thrown in throughout the itinerary so some of the things I'm looking forward to are a catamaran cruise you know at sunset at at sunset (laughs) Um, going to some of the islands around Namir and and doing some snorkeling Um, you know eating some of the amazing French food and wine and coffee and cheese Um, and really getting to to practice some of the um, phrases and, and structures that we're learning in a real life, real life setting, which I think is, you know, the the main thing, the best thing about having this language travel experience. Um, That's fantastic. Is you know, I remember one time when I was in in Taipei and I was in a taxi, and you know, I think taxis are fantastic places to practice because. You're in a confined space. They've got no one else to talk to. <laughs> You've got no one else to talk to. Um, 
and you can often find out a lot about the city or or, or whatever you want to know. Um, and I remember that we were having a conversation about something, I can't remember what it was, but there was a structure that the taxi driver learnt in his um, – uh, sorry, the taxi driver said that I'd learnt just that very morning, and I was just like, "Oh, this, this is, this is, you know, this is why I love doing, you know, learning while I'm travelling because it's such a, you know, such a buzz to to have that experience and to go, oh." I can understand that. But if I had this conversation yesterday, I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a little feed into real life. Like I feel like, you know, it's like you, you skim the surface when you're when you are traveling. Um, and, you, you know, of course, you get to experience all sorts of things, the food and, you know, being around people and feeling the atmosphere. But when you do have that little bit of language knowledge in addition to the exposure, then it's like you're suddenly like it's like someone's just opened a door for you where they're like, hey, like come in here, <laughs> join us. Like yes. you can join in our conversation it's now. World. It's a secret world and like all the other people don't know it. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, and that's exactly what that sounds like with your, with your taxi experience. Having, yeah, having, and being it's like, on well, different levels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be, wow, I can understand every conversation I ever hear, but it could be the level where you might look up at a menu board and suddenly go wow I can decipher that character because I know that that is the drink I want because (laughs) I can read that character and hey I couldn't have ordered that if I didn't know what it said um so it doesn't have to be like full-on full comprehension of everything going around you but just a little bit here and there just to enhance it um totally yeah Oh, fantastic. So, Penny, could you just let everybody know again what what dates are you heading over to New Caledonia? So, the New Caledonia trip is the end of May, the 23rd to the 28th of May. And how many spots and do you have best, left? We have two spots left. <laughs> oh, only two so spots So, we're keeping left. the group group small, but, yeah, I think it'll be really great um, to have a small group. We're going to have the private French classes. So, it's... The trip's really aimed at kind of beginners or that false beginner level, but we do have, we've got one person who's coming who's studied a little bit of French as well, so we're kind of making allowances for that too, so not just for beginners. And by false beginner, you mean kind of like people who might have done a little bit of French at school a long time ago, maybe. exactly. So they've got like a little bit, they know how to say hello and thank you, but maybe they've forgotten lots of other things. Totally. Just like me. Okay. Yes. I think that sounds awesome. So if you would like to go to um, New Caledonia with Penny and you're interested in going on a language trip, then you can find out more information at your website. Lingomama.com. Fantastic. So thank you today for joining us on Language Chats. Language Chats is part of a larger project which we started called Language Lovers AU, where we're building a community of people who are interested in languages in Australia. Check out our website and subscribe to our mailing list at languagelovers.com.au. And you can also find us over on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review for the podcast if if you can. It helps other language lovers find us. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time.